Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. But the Scripture hath concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up under the faith, which we should afterwards be revealed. But the scripture, but the scriptures at the beginning of verse number 22. Uh, it, that's where we need to start. That's a good place to start. Uh, people say, uh, but, but I just think. Yeah, but but the scriptures people say, well, but I just feel but my opinion is, but I have a strong conviction about. But we just think, no, how about but the scripture? This is the crux of what we want to understand this morning is our first point. The scriptures. What does the Bible say? It doesn't matter if you're at peace with it in your heart. Does it line up with the scriptures? We don't care how you see it. You shouldn't care how I see it. We want to know, but the scripture, something goes against the scriptures. We need to alter our position. We shouldn't come and alter the scriptures. Welcome to modern churchianity. If the Bible doesn't agree with the preacher, the preacher just alters the Bible. So it fits their position. We can't do that. But the scriptures, I'm not trying to change the scriptures. I am trying, Lord willing, Holy Spirit guiding for the scriptures to change me. We're the ones that need changing, not the scripture. But, you see the word but there, that means quite the opposite is true. It's, uh, look at this, God's got a better idea. But, when you see that word, God's got a better idea. The, that's a definite article. It's not a collection of. It's not, well, this is some good ideas. It's the, it is a definite, definite, absolute article, the, and then scripture, meaning not the Quran, not the Apocrypha, not the latest New Age guru, not the Vishnu, not the Bhagavad Gita in the Hindu religion. None of that lines up with the truth of the scriptures, but the scriptures. You can mark that down and bet your life on it, that it'll be true all the time, every time. And it can mean specific scriptures. In Galatians 3, in verse number 10, remember when we looked at that verse? Um, it says, for as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law. To do them. And then we ran the cross reference of that to Deuteronomy 27, verse 26, which says, Cursed be he that confirmeth not all the words of this law to do them, and all the people shall say, Amen. So when it says, But the scriptures, it can mean specific scriptures where you take something in the New Testament and then you run a cross reference. You're talking about a specific topic or issue in scripture. But then if you turn over to 2 Timothy 3, Let's go ahead and do that. It can mean all the scripture. Second <laughs> Timothy three, verse number 16, familiar passage. All scripture is given 
by inspiration of God. Our faith isn't in Moses or Paul. It's not in the men that have penned, that have scripted something. It's the inspiration of God that moved, the Holy Ghost moved these men to pen words down. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. How do we know we have the right doctrine? We go to the Bible for reproof, for correction. Are we okay this morning to say that we're all right with the Bible correcting us? That, that's where I want to be. I don't want to attempt to come to the Bible and try to correct it. We need to let the Bible correct us for instruction and right, righteousness. The man of God. You want to be a man of God? Don't correct the Bible. Let it correct you. <laughs> that the mountain people stand up in the pulpit. Yeah, well, I'm the man of God. No, you're not. You corrected the Bible. <laughs> All scripture is given and we should get profit from that, not from our own ideas. Man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. So it can mean specific scriptures. It can mean all the scriptures. Where is our trust in? Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. My trust is in the scriptures. Our trust should be in the scriptures. It doesn't matter what CNN says. It doesn't matter what Sleepy Joe says. It doesn't matter. I don't trust the darn thing that Fauci says anymore. I want to trust the Bible. I want to trust the scriptures. Well, you say, well, we can get some truth from here and some truth. Yeah, okay, fine. But we can't get all truth because no man, no doctor, no, no news anchor, no president has all truth. But the Bible does. And we've got to trust that we got to stop getting ourselves wrapped up in all this stuff that's going on in this world when i say wrapped up i mean we're just so consumed with it that we lose sight of eternal perspective and god's word is true look read the paper watch the news listen to the you know the information don't trust it like you would trust the bible and now the crux of our message is in Galatians 3. I'd like us to kind of take a breath here and, and, and really soak this in. The script, But the scripture, watch what it says next, hath concluded all under sin. You know what the reality is? Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says in Isaiah 59, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear you. What is the problem that mankind has? Boys and girls, young, older folks, middle-aged folks, we all have the same problem. Sin. That's why your children talk back. That's why we yell at our kids. That's why we lose our temper. That's why we get angry without a just cause. That's why we do dumb stuff. Because we're a sinner. We need to be careful. We don't come down so hard on our children, not realizing that we are sinners as well. 
We can't come down too hard on our children, trying to get them to see that they're imperfect and they're messing up and they're doing all these things wrong. And we fail to realize we're not parenting 100% correct all the time either. I'm not saying don't correct them. I'm not saying don't do any of that. I'm not saying there shouldn't be consequences. I'm for all of that. But not at the expense of losing sight that we as parents and grandparents and older adults, we're sinners. We don't handle every situation perfectly, righteously, and justly like our holy God would. We need to keep that in the forefront of our mind. One of the sisters gave me this this morning. Prominent pastor. He says this. You murder babies in the womb. You meaning our nation. If they survive the womb, you try to seduce them into transgender sexual deviation when they're young. If they survive that, you corrupt them with a godless education. If they survive that, you have divorce in the family. If they grow up to be adults, you drown them in a sea of pornography. This is a nation so far down in the sewer of immorality and wickedness that nothing surprises me. This is coming from a pastor in his 70s or 80s, mind you. It has seen it all that you can see this country just going down and down and deeper and deeper into a sewer of sin. Now you see why they want to get rid of this book. 1962 prayer goes out of the public school. 1963 the Bible goes out of the public school. In the 1980s you can pretty much kind of lock just the nail sealed the coffin. You can pretty much count on most of the major churches and denominations. They've thrown the Bible out of the pulpit. They've replaced it with a modern version. They take words out. They take doctrines out. They take the deity of Christ out. They take the virgin birth out. The Bible's been thrown out of the pulpits. We're sinking fast in a sea of sin. The Bible says that that's the root problem. Sin. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is transgression of the law. Have you broken have you broke one of the laws? We're all in the same boat. We need our sins paid for. That's why the Bible says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Through Muhammad? No. Through Jesus Christ. He is our Lord, eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Romans 8, 7, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. You're God's enemy. Before you get saved, before you trust Jesus Christ, you are his enemy. Lost people out there, lost souls. The Bible says the gospel is hid to them that are lost. They are God's enemy. But aren't they good people? Maybe down here they are. Maybe you want them as your neighbor because they're sweet and they'll bring you butter and sugar when you run out. But they ain't God's friend. <laughs> they're God's enemy. Do you love them? God does. He sees them as their enemy. He says, you know what? I love you so much. I'm going to send my son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to bleed out on a tree to pay for your sins. You going to do that for your enemy? I'm not. My enemy, as far as I'm concerned, can go jump in a lake. Praise God for all the men uh, and preachers that go through the uh, to the jail ministries. I got I, I got friends that do that. I know preachers that do that. But one I respect very, very much. Pastor for many years asked me if I wanted to go. No, I don't want to go do that ministry. I think they should all rot in jail. 
But I do think they should come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, too. I'm just saying I'm not called to that ministry. You'll learn a little bit about that this morning. Different people call different areas. I'm all for it. Matter of fact, any of the men, if you're feeling convicted or you've done that before, God's pricking your heart saying, hey, I want to get into the jails. Tell those men about Jesus Christ. Oh, come see me. We'll, we'll, we'll try to get that ministry going. We'll make that happen. These men and women in the jail cells, they need to hear Jesus Christ. But look, as wicked as they are, as wicked as the sins that they've done, where they need to be separated from society. Once you think about this, young people, do you want to go to jail? You steal something from a store. You, 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 you kill somebody. You rob a bank. Be a bank robber. You know what the law is going to do? They're going to put you in jail. You're not going to go home and sleep in your bed and have mommy and daddy tuck you in, kiss you goodnight, give you some hot cocoa. You're in jail. You're going to go to jail if you do bad stuff down here. You break the law, they're going to put you in jail. I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> so I obey the law. As do you. I'm telling you. Each and every one of us have broken God's law. James 2.10 talks about you, you break one, you've offended in all points. You tell a lie, you've broken God's law. We all deserve to go to jail. You know where jail is? Hell. You know what God made hell for? The devil and the devil's angels. He doesn't want us to go there. That's why he sent Jesus Christ to pay our sin debt, be our advocate, pay our fine. You know how somebody can get out of jail? They got to have their fine paid. They got to serve their time. Then they can be released. You know how we got to get to heaven? We have to be 100% righteous. None of us are. But Jesus Christ is. He's our advocate. He paid that sin debt for us so we don't have to go to jail. Jail meaning, young people, hell. Hell's a real place. I don't want to go there. I don't want you to go there. I don't want anybody that I know to go there. That's why we do what we do. Let's say we cure the coronavirus tomorrow. You kids working on your science project next week, all of a sudden you just by chance figure out a cure for the coronavirus. I mean, wouldn't that be cool? Would I get 10% of the... That'd be neat. You get some child genius to figure out, well, all you had to do was just take some apple cider vinegar. I mean, you, you know, they, you know, somebody's going to come out with that on the new year. Well, just drink apple cider vinegar and pour kaleidosulfur for you. But look, if somebody made the cure for the coronavirus, man, the whole nation would just be, woo, it's great. Jesus Christ gave us the cure for sin. And all we have to do is bring that cure to somebody and say, this is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Your soul can be cured from the problem of sin. If I brought the coronavirus cure to you and I said, here, I want you to take this. I run up, take this coronavirus cure. And somebody that's not been, that's been locked up in their basement for the last four months you know, five, six, seven, eight months. It has no idea what the coronavirus is, would look at you and say, huh, what's that? 
because the cure doesn't make sense if you don't even know what the disease is. And sadly, many people are walking around today and you give them the cure for their sin problem. And they're like, well, what's sin? I'm a good person. They have no idea that their sin soul, their sin soaked soul needs a cure. We need to we need to get people lost before they can get saved. They need to know that they're sick with the disease of sin. Let's get back to Galatians 3. We'll take a little breath right here and get our eyeballs in verse 22. The Bible says that the promise of faith in the middle of the verse of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. That the promise, that's the promise of imputed righteousness, the promise of eternal life. Now, again, Paul, he draws out this law versus promise contrast. Law, you know what it does? It locks you up. It doesn't matter if you're a Jew. It doesn't matter if you're a Gentile. The only way you'll be released from the prison of sin is by what the Bible says. By faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. If not, you'll serve a life sentence because of your sin. Our body is going to die because the, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Our body, it's just the house that we live in. It's just the body of flesh. No matter how many push-ups you do, no matter how many CrossFit you do, no matter how much jujitsu you do, no matter how much dieting you do, doesn't matter if you're ketoing it or not ketoing it, no matter. Your body's going to die. It's going to go in the dirt. You're going to be pushing up worms. This is just the house. You know, when they demo a house, people live in that house. Our flesh is the house. It's going to be demoed. It's going to die, go on the earth. Spirit's going to return to God, but something's going to live forever. It's our soul. We are concerned with the hearts and souls of lost people. We are concerned with the hearts and the souls of our children. We're concerned with the hearts and souls of our Judea, our little Jerusalem here, our town, our community. And our reasonable service before God is nobody in this town should ever have the excuse to say, I never heard about Jesus Christ. Why? Because someone from Pilgrim Baptist knocked on their door. Someone from Pilgrim Baptist was standing out downtown in the square holding a scripture sign that said, you must be born again. Someone from Pilgrim Baptist is always around tech campus giving somebody uh, a gospel presentation. Somebody from Pilgrim Baptist is giving track shout at all the community events. Somebody from Pilgrim Baptist is putting sermons on the internet. Talk about Jesus Christ as the only way to heaven. We can do this. We're a team. We fight for the Lord. He's won the victory for us. And we're concerned with the souls of men and women. God promised to send the Messiah. When he shows up on the scene. Do you see what it says in Galatians 3? Look at it. But the scripture that concluded all under sin, look at it, that the promise. God promised to send the Messiah. When he shows up, John says, behold the Lamb of God. He doesn't say behold water. Behold this pool of water which taketh away the sins of the world. Nope. Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. Bible says in 1 Timothy 1 that Jesus Christ came into the world to run a big social program. No, to save sinners. That's why he came into this world, to save sinners. 
You can protest all of the social programs that are going on, save the er, save the trees, save the earth, save the whales, save the crickets, save the butterflies, save everything, save the forest. Go ahead and save it all. It's going to be burnt up. Look, be a good steward of the land that God gave you. We're all for that, right? But look, souls, souls, souls. The Messiah has come. He's paid for the sins of the world. All for that. That's the vaccine we need. And it's been approved and scientifically proven by God. Well, the Bible isn't a book of science. Sure it is. It always concludes every single time without fail. As soon as science catches up with the Bible, the Bible always confirms true operational science. Every time, 100%, mark it down, absolute truth. Scientists believe one thing, then the next thing you know, they change their position. And someone points out, well, the Bible's been telling you that a lot. Read Isaiah, circle of the earth. People thought it was flat. Once the scientists figure out they were wrong, well, I shouldn't open up that can. We'll move on. You must respond by faith. That the promise, Galatians 3.22, by faith. You see that? That the promise by faith of Jesus Christ. We do not bring any baggage of any merit. We don't bring a bag of good works. We don't bring a bag of religion. We don't bring a bag of, well, my, my, uh, my nationality. We don't bring a bag of sacramentalism. Roman Catholicism, Lutheranism, Episcopalianism, all of this stuff that says, well, I was baptized. Well, I received communion. Well, I'm a preacher. Well, I'm a Sunday school teacher. I'm a good person in any way, shape or form. All that is is sacramentalism. That's all it is. God says, don't bring any merit. Well, I'm a preacher's kid. I'll get to heaven. I've been to Sunday school my whole life. I'll get to heaven. No, you won't. You'll end up in a devil's hell. People don't like strong preaching. They don't like the Bible. They don't want to hear any strong truths. You know what they do? They go down to some happy, slappy McChurch, and they get some guy standing up with ripped skinny jeans. It's got a slick haircut, a laptop, a big screen, half of a verse, a rock band playing, smoke and mirrors. I'm telling you, they're sending people to hell because they won't talk about sin. Look, young people, I love you. I want you to come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. I want you to grow up and live a holy life, a pure life, a righteous life. This is why preachers warn against the wiles of the devil and the spirit of the prince of the power of this air. It's going to hurt you. Sin always does. Talk to the older saints. Take them out for lunch. Get with them. They'll tell you, I wish I never did this. I wish I never did that. I wish I didn't have to see this. I wish I didn't have to experience that. I can spend four or five, six hours talking to you about all the stuff I regretted doing. You see a young person on fire for God at 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. I look back and say, oh, I would be to God if I got on fire for God at that age. You know how much more I could have accomplished? I'm telling you, young people, I didn't go to Bible school until I was 40 years old. 40. I'm 48. You know how much time I got? Not as much time as I would have had if I would have went when I was 18 or 19 or 20. Serve God in your youth. 
whatever field you get into, whatever school you go to, whatever trade you're going to be involved with. Don't forget to serve God. People have a sin problem. Jesus Christ came to take that sin away. The gift is offered as long as you don't bring a bag of merit. And you receive God's merit. The object of merit is Jesus Christ. Bible says in 1 John 4, 14, and we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be a good teacher. No, to be just a rabbi. No, to be the Savior of the world. That's who we preach, him and him alone and him crucified. All right, let's get back in our Bibles, Galatians 3. Look what the Bible says in verse 23. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up under the faith, which should afterwards be revealed. The kids like that. That's God telling people shut up. <laughs> you know, parents say, well, uh, don't tell your sister to shut up. Well, God told us to shut up in Galatians 3.23. There's a life verse for you, kids. No, what is God saying? God, it, 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 it's you're locked in. That's what it means. When God says we were kept under the law, look at it, shut up under the faith which should afterwards be revealed, we're locked in. There's no escape. The law was designed to lock you in. The, the law is basically the original lockdown. It locks you in so that you would look elsewhere. You see the idea of it? We don't throw the law away, but it served as a way to confine you and restrain you and box you and lock you in so that you have no choice but now to look to the Messiah. Before Jesus Christ came, we were kept under the law. Jews, any anybody that wanted to follow the Mosaic law, it binds you. We're shut up. We're, 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 we're on lockdown. Under what? Under the faith which should afterwards be revealed. You witness to somebody, you can bring them right to the law. You keep all these? No. Let me have you look this way. There he is, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the capital. He can save you from your sin. You're trapped. You ask anybody, are you a true follower of the law? If they say yes, it traps them. They're locked into a system that they can't escape. The law system will condemn that man or that woman. And this should cause them to look for an escape because nobody wants to be on lockdown. I'm telling you. <laughs> January 20th. If we get a new president of the United States, which we'll all have to call our president. Oh God, help us all. If he institutes a six-week lockdown, which he says he will, or six weeks to, I don't, number one, I don't see it happening. I don't see people complying. But number two, if people comply, and let's say it works out the way that he's got it figured out to work out, right? If we are all on lockdown, what are we going to be looking to do? Stay there forever? No, we're confined. We're locked in. And so we are naturally 
as human beings created by God, we are naturally going to be looking for an escape. It happened in March. It happened anytime they put these lockdowns on. People are looking to escape that because we're boxed in, we're locked in, we're shut up. This is exactly why the law was designed. So that people would be locked in and shut down. They would look to Jesus Christ as the Messiah. We'll be delivered from the curse and the condemnation of the law that way. All right, we got one, two, three, four, five verses. And then we will have a closing remark and we will be finished. Acts chapter two. We're going to read some Bible. I'd like you to read along with me. Well, don't you think we should spend more time in politics? No. Don't you think we should we should spend more time on the news feed? No, I don't. Don't you think we should... Spend more time with sports and hobbies. No, I don't. Follow the news. Understand politics. Enjoy your recreation and your hobby and your sports. Do all that. I do it. But look at the message that was preached by the apostles. Look at this. This is serious. And I want us to dive into the Bible and see what the most important thing is. Acts 2, verse 22. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, the man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken, and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. For he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. Therefore, my heart did rejoice. My tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope. Because thou wilt not suffer my soul in hell. Neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you the patriarch David. That he is both dead and buried in his sepulchres with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. They preached Jesus Christ. We should preach Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 3. Watch what else they preached. And when Peter saw it, verse 12 in chapter 3, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look so ye earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his son Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But ye denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you. He goes on and he on, it goes on and on. Look at verse number 19. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you. And it goes on and on. And they preach Jesus Christ, the Messiah. 
Look at Acts chapter number four. Look at verse number eight. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, what by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all, and to all the peace people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you, this is the stone which was set before naught of, of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. They preach salvation through Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 3, Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 5, verse number 30. God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom he slew and hanged on a tree. Him, God, him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince. And just a teacher. No. And just a rabbi. No. And a savior. Why? For to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost whom God hath given to them that <coughs> obey him. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 5. They all preach Jesus Christ. Suffered, died, was buried as the Savior of the world, as the Messiah. Know what's going on. Tune into the news. But don't tune out Jesus. Finally, the law was a compliment to the promise. It would shut us in so that we would look for the escape which is found in Jesus Christ. Only franchised religion fails to see that the law locks you down and condemns you. When franchised religion doesn't talk about this, it calls people to not look to Jesus, but to look toward other things. The law complements the promise. It shuts us up. It shuts us in, it locks us in, so that we look to the Messiah. Let's not forget that. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.